Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 32 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast. This episode is the fourth of four in which I explore the importance of what I call mental muscles in how you respond to a crisis. The topic for this episode is distracted to focused. Focus may be the most underappreciated and misunderstood mental aspect that contributes to how you respond in a crisis. There are two important things you need to know about focus. First, most people think of focus as concentrating on one thing for a really long time. Yes, certainly, at times you do need to zero in all your attention on one task. For example, it would be important to sit down and review your investment statements from the past few years after you incur significant losses in a stock market collapse. At the same time, focus involves the ability to adjust outward, for example, looking at printed information and listening to experts, and inward, for example, identifying and analyzing different investment strategies moving forward, as the demands of a crisis may require. It also means adjusting your focus narrowly or widening your focus to take into account many disparate pieces of information. Being able to modify your focus will help you respond to the myriad of tasks that's required to overcome a crisis. Second, focus is so important in a crisis because it's the gateway to effectively using all higher order thinking, perception, memory, language, learning, understanding, creativity, reasoning, synthesis, analysis, problem solving, and ultimately in response to a crisis, decision making. Without the ability to focus effectively, you're more likely to revert back to your primitive brain of instincts, emotions, and knee-jerk reactions. Not consciously engaging your cerebral cortex serves as a barrier to our evolved forms of thinking that allows us to do what's necessary to overcome a modern-day crisis. Simply put, focus involves paying attention to one or more things. Focus, in and of itself, is neither good nor bad. It's how you use focus that determines whether it helps or hurts you. In a crisis, good focus is when you can understand and analyze the causes and effects that helps you respond to the crisis. In contrast, poor focus involves being distracted and paying attention to internal and external cues that take your focus away from the task at hand in terms of resolving the crisis. There are two types of poor focus, interfering and irrelevant. Poor focus that's interfering directly hurts your efforts. These include negative thoughts, such as doubt and worry, and negative emotions, such as fear or frustration. Poor focus that is irrelevant isn't necessarily directly harmful in themselves, but rather simply distracts you from focusing on what you need to do in the moment to make progress in a crisis. For instance, attending to people around you or other responsibilities, or even internal cues like being hungry, are examples of irrelevant poor focus. So now let's explore the value of focus in responding to a crisis. Focus has several essential benefits in overcoming a crisis. First, you're far more effective in your efforts because you're consistently attending to what you need to accomplish on your journey toward a resolution. In other words, what you focus on, you do well. Second, you're far more efficient in your efforts. You'll get more done in a shorter time with more focus. Finally, you will be more consistent in your efforts because the more consistent your focus, the more consistently you'll put your energy toward overcoming the challenge at hand. 
there are three goals that are important to keep in mind as you strengthen your focus muscle. Goal number one, identify the internal and external variables that need your focus for you to perform well on the crisis-related task at hand. Goal number two, identify the internal and external distractions that prevent you from focusing effectively. Internal distractions may be negative thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations related to stress. External distractions may include noise, other people, and daily life demands. Goal number three, actively and consistently focus on the good things and remove or block the distractions. Now let's examine the foundation of a strong focus muscle. As you can see, it's essential to develop control of your focus before and maintain it throughout a crisis to ensure that it helps your efforts. Keeping in mind the three goals I just shared with you, your first step in establishing control of your focus is to gain an understanding of the general areas in which you should direct your focus. These broader areas act as the foundation for more specific exercises you can use to control your focus and accomplish your goals as you work toward a resolution of a crisis. First thing you can do is focus on what you can control. A major problem with focus that I see with many people in a crisis is that they focus on things they can't control. This focus has no value because you can't change something if you don't have control over it. Focusing on the uncontrollables hurts your efforts for several reasons. First, it has a negative psychological, emotional, and physical impact on you. Feeling out of control hurts your confidence and determination because you feel helpless to do anything. This discomfort exacerbates the feelings of loss of control because you now feel internally out of control. Third, focusing on things you can't control distracts you from what you need to focus on to address the crisis. The fact is, there's only one thing you can control, yourself. This includes your mind, your body, and your actions. If you focus on those things, you'll be more confident and relaxed, and you'll be better able to focus on what you need to do to overcome the crisis. Next is whether you focus on the results, that is the outcome, or the process of dealing with the crisis. As I described earlier in my podcast, perhaps the greatest obstacle to good focus is being distracted by the outcome during a crisis. Outcome focus involves focusing on the potential impact of the crisis on your life. And usually, sadly, it's the worst case scenario. In contrast, a process focus means focusing on specific aspects of the crisis over which you have control and can direct your energy toward resolving the crisis. For example, you gain new information from others or seek out additional resources. In my view, an outcome focus spells doom because it prevents you from focusing on the process, which is what you need to get beyond the crisis. I also make an important distinction between thinking and focusing. A mistake many people make is equating thinking with focusing. They believe that if they're thinking about something, like how to deal with a cyber attack, then they're also focusing on it. However, there is a big difference between thinking and focusing and whether they will help or hurt your efforts. Thinking is connected to your investment in the crisis, which I discussed in an earlier podcast. That is the degree of its importance to you. Thinking is often about things that not only don't help your efforts, but actually interfere with them, such as negative thinking, worry, and anxiety. Thinking is often critical, judgmental, comparative, and emotional. 
If you make a mistake or have a setback when you're in a thinking mode, it can set off a vicious cycle of harmful thinking, emotions, and actions. Thinking interferes with your ability to focus on the task at hand. It detracts from what will help you address the crisis and will cause you to lose determination and confidence, feel anxiety, and cause your efforts to deteriorate. In contrast, focusing simply involves paying attention to relevant internal or external cues or information. This process is impartial, objective, unemotional, and detached from your investment or your judgment. If you make a mistake while you're focusing, you're able to accept it, you won't be overly disappointed by the failure, and you can refocus or shift your focus back onto your continuing efforts to resolve the crisis. In focus mode, you're able to use the failure as information to correct the problem, remain positive, and better focus in the future. An anonymous quote, stop overthinking, you're only creating problems that aren't there. Now, let's explore some focus exercises you can do to strengthen that focus muscle. First, have clear goals and process. A simple reality of focusing is that you can't focus on something if you don't know where or on what to focus. So, the first step in developing focus in a crisis involves specifying your goals for whatever you hope to accomplish. Having a clear understanding of your goals allows you to determine on what you should specifically be focusing. That said, you can focus on various aspects of the crisis that need to be addressed. For example, gathering information, learning more about its causes and effects, or other steps you need to take to resolve the crisis. Once defined goals are established, you now have clarity on your focus. However, you can't simply repeat that goal in your mind as you move forward and expect it to come to fruition. The next step is to take your goals and create a plan to accomplish them. The process of accomplishing your goals is where you actually put your focus during your crisis-related efforts. Take, for instance, the case of a teenager making the anxious transition from high school to college. Rather than thinking about moving away from home and anticipating the difficulty of the coming change, she might choose to focus on learning about the new experience by reading about the campus, reviewing the course catalog, talking to people she knows who went there, and making a list of all the items she will need for her dorm room. Second, identify and limit distractions. No matter how clear your focus goals and processes are, you won't be able to focus well if you're distracted by people or things in your internal or external environments. You want to scan the thoughts and emotions and the setting you're in that can clutter your mind. After recognizing the many distractions, identify the most prominent ones that prevent you from achieving and maintaining focus. Common external distractions in a crisis include your family around you in your house or the noise in a nearby coffee shop. Typical internal distractions include negative thoughts, irrelevant thoughts, unpleasant emotions, and physical anxiety. Once you've identified these distractions, you can develop strategies to limit them. For example, if you're distracted by your family when you're doing a job search after being laid off, you can retreat to your home office or to a quiet part of the house away from them. If you're feeling anxious about an upcoming job interview, you can listen to music and focus on your breathing to take your mind off of the anxiety and lessen your internal distractions. Another powerful way to improve your focus is to simply relax your body. The stress you experience when you're confronted by a crisis can be a substantial obstacle to effective focus. 
Stress impacts your focus in several ways. To start with, it narrows your focus to the point that the thing causing the stress, in this case the crisis, dominates your energy. In addition, you can develop tunnel vision to the extent that you start thinking and become consumed by the enormity of the challenges presented by the crisis, rather than focusing on more important, controllable aspects of the crisis. Finally, stress produces physiological changes that are uncomfortable, including muscle tension and a racing heart that are further distractions. Fortunately, when stress interferes with your ability to focus on the crisis, there are active steps you can take to relieve it. The following strategies have proven to be helpful in restoring a sense of calm in your body and focus in your mind. Deep breathing, muscle relaxation, massage, meditation, yoga, a hot shower or bath, exercise, or music. All these tools can be powerful in relaxing your body and improving your focus. Another useful tool is simply reminders. An odd yet very effective exercise for helping you focus involves frequent reminders that you write down and post where you can see them regularly. Let me explain how this works. When in the midst of a crisis, it's easy to get so wrapped up in all that's going wrong, major distraction, that you forget to focus on things that will help you in the moment. For example, you can become so obsessed with all the overwhelming demands in your life that come with impending parenthood that you forget to focus on what you need to do to prepare for the upcoming birth and all the wonderful changes that will also occur. Due to the magnitude of becoming a parent, it can be difficult to have the wherewithal to be able to break free of this unhealthy absorption and redirect your focus in a positive and constructive way. That's where the reminders can come in handy. When you're distracted by your doubts and worries about being a parent and you see written reminders, for example, breathe, stay calm, or photos of the baby's ultrasound images that you've placed around your house, you're reminded of what you should be focusing on. These prompts help you break free of thinking and regain focus on what will help you be better prepared for the birth and feel happier and more excited about becoming a parent as well. Another unknown quote, the only way to discover your true potential is to clear out the clutter and focus on what matters. Lastly, what I call the four P's. To help you remember what we've covered in terms of focusing, I have a rule you can follow that will enable you to identify the general areas of focus as you progress through a crisis. I call it again, the four P's. The first P is positive. You should focus on positive things that will help you navigate the crisis and avoid negative things that will hurt it. The second P is process. You should focus specifically on what you need to accomplish to conclude the crisis to your satisfaction and not on distractions. If you stay focused on what you need to do, you'll do more and move steadily closer to putting the crisis behind you. The third P is present. You should focus on what you need to do at this moment to achieve your crisis goals and if needed, remind yourself that you can't change the past. You also shouldn't focus on the future because you can't directly change it any more than you can change the past. The only way to impact the future is to control the present. And the only way to control the present is to focus on it. The final P is progress. Particularly in your journey of resolving a crisis, the end game can seem so far away that it seems unreachable. If you feel this way, it's best to focus on the incremental process you're making every day towards surmounting the crisis. In doing so, 
each step ahead is more doable and the end game can seem more manageable and achievable. Ultimately, with every step forward you move that much closer to the end of the crisis. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 32 of Crisis to Opportunity. And be on the lookout for episode 33 in the near future.